Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Emily is a 28-year-old woman who comes in today for her yearly checkup. She had been a two-pack-a-day smoker since age 17, but she proudly announces today that she quit. She had a couple episodes of bronchitis last year and had a long history of having a cough every morning. She even found the smoking altered her exercise. She tells you she was able to quit by going to a local vape shop and they helped her devise a strategy using a fourth-generation e-cigarette, titrating her nicotine dose down over a few months. She began vaping about six months ago, initially with 12 milligrams a day, and is now down to three milligrams of nicotine a day. She tells you that she vapes several times a day and is excited about how well she's done. But are you? How do you counsel Emily about her use of inhaled nicotine? Is this a good idea for her and other patients as well? Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And to discuss smoking cessation and vaping, joining me will be Jill Terrian, Director of Nurse Practitioner Programs at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, Graduate School of Nursing, and Susan Feeney, Assistant Professor and Family Nurse Practitioner Coordinator at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Thank you both for coming today. Our pleasure. Thank you, Frank. Hi, Susan. So we're here to talk about Emily and and such a hot topic. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what the current evidence is in a case like Emily's. Well, um, it's very interesting. There's there hasn't been a lot of really good um, evidence that electronic cigarettes can really successfully help people stop smoking and sustain, Um, but there's been such an evolution of these products. And most of the studies that were done earlier were done on the first generation e-cigarettes and they were designed to look like cigarettes, but people would say that they did not um, simulate the actual feeling of the nicotine deposition and the feeling of smoking. So over the few past few years, there's been this whole evolution in these e-cigarettes. And there's the second generation where you can Uh, fill a little tank with a certain amount of nicotine, and then there is the fourth generation. The third generation are these um, hobby things that most people don't use to smoke, to stop smoking, and they're more for the hobbyist uh, smoker or vapor. But the fourth generation are the really slick, sleek, small uh, vaping tools that you can get a high deposition of nicotine. So having said that, there was a recent study out of out of England that was just uh, published in the New England Journal of Medicine that looked at a, almost 900 people and they randomized them to two groups and one group had the typical uh, nicotine replacement therapy they could choose any combination of nicotine replacement therapy so patch lozenge that kind of thing um, they they would use that plus they had behavioral support once a week for four weeks and then the intervention group they were given an e-cigarette Um, second generation with a little um, container of the liquid 
fluid that had the nicotine in it, and they were told that they could start at any level they wanted, and then they would titrate it down. They also had the, the behavioral support. So what they found in this study is that at the end of a year, uh, the folks who were using the e-cigarettes were much more successful at, at smoking cessation and sustaining the cessation than the folks on the nicotine replacement therapy. Because previously what we found was after a year or more, the nicotine replacement therapies were, um, more, were superior to the, to the electronic cigarettes. So this is pretty uh, significant. This is the first one that actually showed a superior um, aspect. So what the study showed is at a year, the folks who were using um, the e-cigarettes, there was 18% of the group had sustained smoking cessation, um, and only 10% uh, of the nicotine replacement group had sustained smoking cessation at a year. An interesting component of this, though, was that of the folks who were using the electronic cigarettes, a very much higher percentage of them were still using the e-cigarette at a year, whereas the nicotine replacement therapy, much lower were using the NRT therapies. They had sort of stopped smoking. The 10% that did stop smoking and had sustained it uh, were no longer using that those um, products. So what do you take from this? You have Emily. It seems like she's gone on this journey herself right. and has come into you and said, I feel better, you know, this is what I'm using, and, and, and what are you going to say to her? Well, you know, I'm going to say congratulations. I'm going to say, Emily, this is terrific. You're no longer using combustible cigarettes. We know that they are harmful. We, we've got all kinds of data on the damage that it causes to your lungs, to your vessels, to your heart. Um, but I think we also need to let her know that this is not a harmless type of, of uh, product. So what wasn't really discussed in this study, it, it talked about the fact that people who were using the, um, the electronic cigarettes had less phlegm, less cough, um, which is great, and that's what um, Emily is telling us. But, and the feeling is that the e-cigarettes are less dangerous than, than an actual combustible cigarette. But we do know that there are known risks. We know that there are still toxicants and carcinogens. We know that they're using flavors. The diacetyl um, is a flavor enhancer that's been associated with popcorn lung. So mm -hmm. that's a concern. So what I would tell her is, you know, there are risks. We know that those, um, the liquid is not childproof and then we're seeing an increased risk of nicotine poisoning in children. So I would go through all of those type of risks and say that my hope would be is that her plan would be eventually to stop vaping altogether. But um, most of the literature is pointing that it, you know, we, we think that it's less harmful than cigarettes and um, that it, this may be a, uh, come out to be a good tool to be used, but to understand that it's not harmless. The other thing I think to remember is, at least in this country, we've had this exponential rise in vaping in teens. And so the FDA is very um, active in trying to control and limit the flavors and all that because of the danger to kids. So uh, who, if this, I don't know if this will ever be an approved FDA product for smoking cessation. Right now, politically, I don't think they have it, but I could be wrong. Um, but if you read the CDC and you read the editorials in New England Journal of Medicine, what they basically say is, if you have a patient like Emily who's tried all the different 
nicotine replacement therapies and have failed. Then you can counsel them to try the vaping uh, with the idea that they would, you know, titrate the nicotine down and then eventually stop the vaping. Thank you, Susan. So I'm just thinking about, you know, being in practice and, you know, this is obviously Emily has really done some, some work here right. and, it, and you can see some benefits of it. Right. So um, how about the cost of these types of um, products? Well, they're... they're and are all, they covered by insurance at no, all? No, they're not. Um, they are not covered by insurance as... as um, I, and I think many of... The only NRT that is covered would be Bupropion or Veraclean. Um, but the, the medications. So the e-cigarettes the e are not. Um, the prices really vary depending on what generation. But if you're using the fourth generation, um, you can buy a starter kit anywhere from $35 to $50. And the starter kit is the actual vaping tool um, of four cartridges that are pre-filled and a battery. And then the cartridges that you would put into that fourth generation vaping tool um, they are about four to five dollars a piece. So if you bought a pack for four, of four, you can get them anywhere from sixteen to twenty dollars. A cartridge in one of those new generation or fourth generation is approximately the same nicotine in a pack of cigarettes. So you kind of can think about it that way. So depending on where you live, how much you smoke, what taxes on your cigarettes, it may be equal or it may be a little more expensive. Thank you, Susan. This was great. My pleasure practice pointer. E-cigarettes can be an option for your patients that have failed nicotine replacement therapy and still are looking for another option along with behavioral support to have sustained smoking cessation. Join us next time when we talk about the role of antibiotic stewardship and appropriate use in the outpatient setting. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.